At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Good show for you today. Pat Leonard, Giants reporter for the Daily News. Uh, he covers the Giants as a beat reporter. He'll come on and, and we'll do some draft. We'll finally get into it. We've done a little here and there. It's just it's been tough. Not a lot of lines have been up. Bet Rivers did a great job with their menu. We'll go over some of their lines. Uh, it's just been tough. You know, the information's been hard to come by, and if it's hard to come by for us, it's hard to come by for the books. But Bet Rivers uh, has got all the options. Who's going to go number one overall? You know, certain players are they going in the first round? Uh, all sorts of different props. Which team's going to pick which players? So uh, go to BetRivers.com. Go to the Bet Rivers app. Check out there wide array of options as like i said there are plenty of options now uh just in the past couple weeks it's been hard to really come on here and talk about the draft where you know what it is not knowing who's going to go first that's what really kind of made it hard because not knowing who's going to go first then you don't know who's going to go second and it makes all these different options and different variation combinations of uh you know if this goes if this happens second and this happens third there's just so much less certainty, but I think it's starting to clear up a little bit, at least, uh, and we'll talk with Pat here in a minute, at least with Walker going first, now minus 200 at Bet Rivers to be the first pick. Uh, he emerged as the favorite. I think it was like Sunday into Monday where it was kind of trending that way, you know, and it's been funny. Uh, Hutchinson was the first, you know, the first favorite to be the number one pick for most of this draft cycle, but remember, November, November, December, it was Thibodeau from Oregon. Then at one point, it was Aquanu, the, the offensive lineman for NC State. Then again, Hutchinson. And now it looks like Walker. And I think the late move is the correct move with that. So I'm actually okay laying the minus 200 with Walker. I do think Walker will be the pick. Uh, and then where you go from there, anybody knows. I mean, there's reports the Lions love Thibodeau. Uh, Hutchinson's obviously really good, and he's the local kid. Now, I don't know that how much that plays into your decision if you're the Lions. You know, just because he's local, you got to pick the best players. The number two pick in the draft. I mean, what you're going to sell a few more Hutchinson jerseys? Maybe it's not like a defensive lineman's going to sell that many tickets for you. You got to just pick, take the best player. If you think Hutchinson's the best player, yeah, you take him. But you don't take him just because he's a local kid. I, I would object to that line of thinking. It sounds like there might be a divide there where, uh, you know, certain people in the organization like Thibodeau, some like uh, Hutchinson. So I think one of those two guys goes second. I'll go with Thibodeau going second. And then it sounds like the Texans want a corner. Could be Stingley. Stingley's moved up here. Uh, he is plus 200 to be the third pick. Sounds like it could be Stingley. Obviously, Gardner is in the mix. And then that brings the Jets into it, and we don't know what they're doing. Uh, sounds like they could trade the 10th pick for either Samuel or, or McLaurin. Uh, there's so many options. So we'll get into it with Pat in a minute. Just wanted to talk about some of the different odds here at Bet Rivers with the draft and... Still one of the great days. I feel like there's not as much buzz this year just because there's not great quarterbacks. There's less certainty. You know, it's a lot of offensive linemen, defensive linemen. But look, it's a fun, fun event. It's a fun night. It's, you know, you can win some money betting if you do your homework and 
uh, just kind of read the room and, and figure out what's going to happen. I think he can do a good job making some money. So we'll talk to Pat in a few minutes about the Giants, the Jets, just the first round in general. He's got some good sources. So looking forward to that. Uh, the Mets win again. The Yankees win. They beat up on the Orioles. Yan Yankees bats are starting to come to life. Rizzo hits three homers. Judge has gotten in the mix. Uh, and if you look up, all of a sudden, their numbers are okay offensively. I think they're fourth in the league in OPS, ninth in the league in OPS. I mean, their stats are starting to catch up as a team. Look, you scored 10 runs back-to-back -back games. You're st and it's April. You're 15, 20 games in the season. Your stats are going to take a big jump. It's like, you know, no different than a hitter that's struggling if you're going to go Six for 10, all of a sudden you can go from hitting 200 to hitting 350 pretty soon. There's just not that much of a sample size. So Yankees are on track. Uh, they are down to plus 240 at Bet Rivers to win the division. They play the Orioles tonight, minus one and a half. Uh, if you want to lay the run line, minus 240. Uh, I would lay the one and a half. I think their bats are going. I think they'll beat up on Baltimore here. So I like the Yankees minus one and a half again. I think I gave them out yesterday. I gave out the Mets yesterday. The Mets win again. The Mets are finally minus 110 to win the division at Bet Rivers and Look, not to pat myself on the back, because like you sit here and get them right. Sometimes you get them wrong. I've been more right than wrong. I think if people hopefully listen and follow along. Uh, the picks have been pretty good. I've been on the Mets really since November, since they signed Scherzer. This team's going to be pretty good, not just with Scherzer, with some of the other guys, with Kana and uh, you know, Marte, Escobar. This is a good team. Figure Lindor more comfortable. Alonzo's really good. Mets have a good team, and that's without DeGrom. And, and this team, to me, is legit. They are absolutely legit. They have now won all six series they played. Uh, just really an, an impressive performance from Bassett last night, who is now three and one, coming off you know his one bad performance against the Giants last week. Mets are good. Mets are good. I can see the Mets running running hide in this division. Uh, you still have to worry about Atlanta, but look, the Mets at fourteen and five here uh, are going to be playing into October. I would think this looks like a playoff team. And look, the Braves are eight and ten. You got a nice little cushion on them. The Marlins eight and eight. You don't really worry about them. Phillies eight and ten. Again, it's early, but uh, you know, if you pitch like this and you play like this and you can get to, I don't know, twenty eight and twelve something, like that, you got a chance to run in height. I mean, you can. You can't really win the division early. You can lose it early. But look, if you get a 10, 12 game lead and you got that good of a team, you can run and hide in hide in baseball. And uh, I, I think it's, the stat is like 75% of the teams that are in first place on Memorial Day going on go on to win the division. So, you know, as much as we say it's a long season, it is a long season, and we're still what month, five, four or five weeks here from from Memorial Day. If you're in first place on Memorial Day, usually that's a good indicator that you're gonna uh, gonna take it home and win the division. Now remember, there's an extra emphasis on winning the division now with the playoff seeding. If you're one of the top two seeds. You get a buy right to the best of five division series. You don't have to deal with that two out of three crapshoot, which is, look, the Mets are pretty well suited for it, especially if you have DeGrom, Scherzer, and whoever your third guy would be. I guess it would be Bassett. All that. That'd be fascinating. That It's going to be fascinating. once If they get all these pitchers healthy, who the odd man out is, because McGill's been great. Obviously, Bassett's not going anywhere. DeGrom and Scherzer, uh, it's a good problem to have, but it is still a problem as the Mets – Throw Carrasco today. Carrasco's been really good. Carrasco minus 110 against Steven Matz, an old familiar face. Uh, again, I'm going to go with the Mets. I'm just, I bet the Mets every day. The Mets are fun to watch. The Mets are fun to bet. Uh, and the Mets are a good team. Mets are a good team. Finally, minus money to win that division. I still think they're a good bet at minus 110 to win the division at Bet Rivers. There's a scenario here where a month from now you're saying, boy, remember when they were minus 110 to win the division? They're minus 200 now or minus 250. I think the Mets uh, are legit, and I think the Mets have a chance 
to run and hide with this division. Boy, they get a lot of players hit, don't they? I mean, Alonzo again got hit in the head. I, again, I don't think there's any intent. I just think it's kind of bad luck, the circumstances, whatever it is. But you could tell Showalter uh, not happy. Some of the looks on his face, it's just that I don't blame him. I mean, your, your player's getting hit left and right. I mean, they're getting hit left and right. Marte got hit. Granted, it was with the base loading. There's no intent, but uh, you start getting hit in the head every night. I mean, that's, that's going to frustrate you as a team and as a manager. But look, the Mets are really, really good. They're exciting. Uh, hopefully, and I should mention DeGrom. DeGrom got the MRI. Uh, on his shoulder, says it's like 80% healed. He can start doing some rehabbing and strengthening exercises. Didn't mention anything about throwing another MRI in three weeks. So, look, I guess it's good news because there's it's progressing and you don't need him back right away. But, look, three weeks for another MRI. Maybe then you can clear him to throw. Then you're probably looking at another month to get him on the mat. Look, it's going to be July, July 15th, I think, at the earliest before you see DeGrom throwing a pitch for the Mets. And... Hey, you really, it's crazy to say somebody as great as DeGrom, you don't really need him, but you don't really need him, it looks like. I mean, this team is really, really good. Uh, if, if you got to take an extra couple weeks and get him healthy, as long as you get him back healthy, that's the key. You don't want to rush him back and, you know, have this linger and have him, uh, you know, re-aggravate it, whatever. I mean, at some point he's got to pitch. I understand that. But uh, look, if you're going to add him to this team, Mets right now, plus 900 to win the World Series at Bet Rivers. That's cutting it a little short, but hey, like I said, maybe they run away with this division in a few weeks, a few months from now. It's plus 500, plus 600. You still got to go through three rounds of playoffs, including the World Series. So 900 is cutting a little thin. I do like them. Minus 110 to win the division at Bet Rivers. Uh, as the Dodgers are still the favorite to win it all at plus 475, followed by the Blue Jays at plus 775. Astros are 9-1, as are the Mets. Yankees at 14-1. That's not terrible. Yankees at 14-1. Yankees pitching is pretty good. You know, Severino's going to be Severino again. Cole, you figure, be all right. Uh, is he going to be prime Cole where he's just dominant, wins the Cy Young? I, I don't know about that, but it, he'll be in the mix. He'll be fine. He's not worried about Cole. Cortez is really good. The lineup's still pretty good. It's not perfect. Gallo's basically an automatic out, although he had a home run last night. Bottom of the lineup isn't great, although got to give Kiner Flafa some credit. He's gotten some hits. 14-1 to 1 on the Yankees is not bad. That's really not, and they are now. I know they were plus 275 last night to win the division, plus 235 to win the division. Still a pretty good bet. So I'm still on both local teams to win the division. I think both of those are pretty good bets. Again, you can check those out uh, at Bet Rivers. Check out their baseball options. Check out uh, all the draft stuff, which we're going to talk on, talk about in a minute with Pat Leonard. Who are the Giants going to pick? Who are the Jets going to pick? Is there a surprise pick in there? Uh, Pat's going to tell us all about that. That is next. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three leg same game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21 or older, available in New York only, void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. All right, we are back. New York City cast, Bet River Sportsbook. Just hours away from the draft. It's almost here. Talk a little NFL, talk a little football. I'm fired up to have this next guest. He covers the Giants for the Daily News. He is Pat Leonard. Pat, what's up, man? Thanks for coming on. 
Will, you got it, man. Crazy week. Uh, it's fun, though. You know, the draft season, it's like another season unto itself, you know. Yeah, and it's, it's a little bit of a different season just because there's not that Trevor Lawrence where we know he's going number one overall. We don't – look, I mean, there's been three or four different just betting favorites for who's going to be the first pick in the draft. There's not that locked quarterback. So definitely a, a different feel this year to the draft season. Yeah, no question. Like I, I, my one and only mock that I just did, I, I gave Trayvon Walker to the Jaguars at one. And I personally think offensive line even still makes sense for them. And I was thinking and talking to people, they thought they agreed, you know, get it right in front of Trevor Lawrence, uh, Evan Neal, Aquanu, whatever. But this year's so crazy that, yeah, Walker's a good player. I mean, I've had multiple coaches tell me he's the best pass rusher in the class. But you're kind of projecting, like, production usage on a player like him. So usually your first overall pick, you're not projecting anything. Like, you're saying, this guy's the dude, lock, check the box. But it's that kind of year where somebody who has projections in his usage and production in the NFL – could really be the number one pick. Yeah, and uh, I, I thought when Peterson got the job, that made me think Aquano or one of the offensive linemen because my my the way I played out, at least in my mind, was like Peterson went into the interview and said, hey, if we block for this kid, I'll figure out a way to get people open. I'll make him productive. We just need to block for him. And I thought that kind of went hand in hand, but maybe not. No, so let me put it this way. I think they should go O-line, and I have thought throughout most of the process that they will but my most recent information says they won't. Does that make sense? So it's like you're kind of in, in between on, okay, I, I think they should draft a lineman, and I have some people telling me they think they will too. But by and large, it keeps coming down to – I've even heard Aiden Hutchinson's name mentioned there. You know, is there, a, is there a difference in the building? Like does ownership want Aiden Hutchinson and Balky, the GM, wants Walker? You know, I've heard some, some of that too. Yeah, I've heard the same thing, and I've also heard like kind of what you said, where uh, the owner wants one guy, the other guy wants, you know, one of them wants Walker, the other one wants Hutchinson, and I don't know if this is a great idea, but they could compromise and just take Aquano just so, you know what, neither of us gets what we want. Do you think that's possible, or that's probably unlikely at this point? I don't. I, let me put it this way. 24 hours ago, I thought Iki Aquano was the number one pick. Wow. Now, I would tell you he is not. Um, wow. So that's that's how fast these things are moving. And, uh, you know, what, when people are nice enough to pick up the phone or text you back, you know, making a mock draft gets very difficult. That's what, you know, when you're really trying to sit down and do one, it's funny because it, you really start to hear things that help you set the board one way. And then a person will tell you one thing about one team and it sets off like a chain reaction. You're like, wait a minute, you know. So, uh, so yeah, no, I, I, I think uh, Icky is not the number one pick. If you just go by Trent Baalke and drafting a guy with measurables, it's either Evan Neal or Trayvon Walker as far as, like, prototype, great size, great length, you know, great combine, workouts, and all of that. Like, that's typically where he goes. But as you said, there's more cooks in the kitchen, and uh, Doug Peterson is, is one of them, but ownership is another. Yeah, like there's not – I don't think there's that typical buzz we have for the draft just because you don't have those three or four really good quarterbacks, you know, at the top five. We've had some great quarterbacks class in recent years. But the one good thing is – I mean, look, we're, you know, hours away from the draft here and we don't know who the number one pick is going to be. You know, maybe Schefter breaks the story within the next day or two or the day of the draft that this is who's going first. My guess is that would or I, I don't know if that would hurt their coverage or whatever. But, you know, at least we have the uncertainty. I get, that gives it a, a little bit of juice, a little bit of uh, uncertainty here. Right. No. Well, the reason there's no enthusiasm, like you said, no star quarterbacks, no clear number one pick. It's also like 
there isn't as much enthusiasm for it in the league. Like, you know, you talk to coaches and general managers and execs, like they'll tell you, you know, Brett Veach said the other day that the Chiefs only have 16 to 18 first round players graded. And, you know, that's pretty commonplace. Like I had another guy tell me, listen, we don't have 30 players graded in first round grades and we don't have 30 players with second round grades. We don't have 30 players with third round grades. Like they are all feeling like they want to trade back from a lot of spots, but they don't necessarily have trade partners coming up. So, you you know, if you can find that GM and that player combo of like got to have them type stuff, um, then there would be a lot of trades in this draft. And I mean both at the top of the first round and the back of the first round and throughout the process. You saw the Texans already make a late round trade with the Patriots. That's a team I would keep a huge eye on, especially at number three. Um, Nick Casario is well known in the NFL for being willing to entertain deals. He'll pick up the phone. He won't necessarily make the trade, but he'll listen. He'll talk. And, um, you know, I think that's the first flashpoint at the top of the draft. Yeah. Uh, you know, that it becomes a popular thing. Hey, we'll trade down and get more picks. That always sounds like a cool thing, a good thing to say. And it makes sense. You know, you get more, uh, more fish in the net, so to speak. But like you said, you need a, you need a dance partner. You can't just trade up with nobody. You need somebody. And without that quarterback, I mean, who are people trading up for now? Again, we don't know people's boards. Maybe somebody falls and, and, uh, you know, a team behind them hops up, but you don't really have that guy that teams are going to trade up for. I would think it, uh, you know, at least at this point. Yeah, no, that's the issue. Um, you know, it's it, there's a chance that the like the Steelers and the Saints are the teams that come up the most when you ask people like what they're hearing about who's coming up. Possibly, um, the Saints have 16 and 19, so they have more ammo maybe to come all the way up for somebody. If one of them has fallen completely in love with a quarterback, that's the only way it happens. Or there's been some chatter about the Saints really wanting a tackle. And because there aren't many top tackles, maybe they come all the way up for that. I mean, they've traded up uh, in a large way once for Marcus Davenport, pass rusher. Everybody thought they were coming up for a quarterback and they came up to get an edge rusher. So, um, you know, the Steelers, like, for example, if the Steelers want Kenny Pickett and they think the Saints might take him. And I mocked Pickett to the Saints in, in my mock, you know, then the Steelers could charge up and that's the combo of the player and the and the desire and the need where maybe it happens but you're right it's it seems few and far between um you know but the the calls are happening i'm telling you i mean that that at the same token there aren't those guys to charge up for but you know if you're houston at three carolina at six giants at seven seahawks at nine there's also just a very easy argument to be made like well we like five players in this cluster but we're not in love with any of them you know so that's part of how they feel as well. Yeah, uh, we can get to who the Giants are going to pick, but let's kind of reverse engineer it. Let's go through what you had in your mock. If we agree, Walker's going one, and I, I would guess you know the betting movement is certainly favored Walker here. Uh, I, I guess the logical pick would be Hudson uh, Hutchinson at two. Although I have heard people now this is second, third hand. I've heard people say Campbell loves Thibodeau, which would make sense. He's a defensive lineman. And, you know, he was a, a top prospect coming into the college season. You know, he had some ups and downs, I guess, during the college season. Uh, do you think it's Hutchinson at two? Could you see Thibodeau? Where do you think uh, we go here with the Lions at two? What I've actually heard about the Lions is that Campbell likes Hutchinson and Holmes and the scouting staff likes Thibodeau. Okay. So, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, like you said, I mean, you can hear something different every day about this. Right. Stuff. But, um, there definitely sounds like there's a decision being made there. And, um, yeah, Thibodeau could be the pick. Um, he, he's – it's funny. He and Aquanu at pass rusher and line, like, 
these guys could go anywhere from like one to nine, you know, like there's just a, such a wide range because it, it, different teams, this is another thing that's come back to me. Teams don't have their boards stacked similarly. Now that's, it's that way every year, but you know, I've had a couple coaches tell me and executives tell me that Trayvon Walker, in their opinion, is the best pass rusher in this draft, flat out. I've also had multiple people tell me that they think Derek Stingley is the best corner, but because of his injury history, they don't they wouldn't be surprised if Sauce Gardner goes first at the corner position. But other than that, there's not a lot of consensus or similar things that you hear team to team. Um, I do think Hutchinson here's what I'd say about Aiden. This is my bottom line. Uh, uh, evaluation of him I've had enough people tell me they think he's good but not great Yeah, but he'll still go high so everyone would be shocked if he's not picked in the top two so in my scenario I have Walker 1, Hutchinson 2 but you know he could go 1 to the Jaguars so uh, you know I have him I have him going to 2 there he, if he doesn't go 2 I think he you know I guess he ends up being a Jet at 4 but nobody expects him to be there all right, so uh, third, there, there's been some movement, like you said, on Stingley. I, I know, like a lot of people this morning, thought you know Stingley could be the third pick. Now, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Gardner goes third. He's in the mix. Where do you have? Who do you have with the third pick? Yeah, best player available um, if they don't trade. Um, you know, so that could be Evan Neal. In my in my mock, I have them taking Evan Neal, that tackle from Alabama. But like you said, it could be one of the corners. Which most people people I've talked to think that actually Gardner is the better fit. Uh, for Lovey's scheme than Stingley, and so I think if it's a corner, it would be Gardner. If it's a, if it's an offensive lineman here, I think it would be Evan Neal based on the measurables. Best player can play all across your line. Um, you know, te- technically you could take a pass rusher too, but um, you know, I, I like I like Neal here, and uh, I just the thing about Evan Neal is physical specimen, tests well, interviews well played three different positions on the offensive line in the best program in college football. Like I want to give him to the giants at five and it could end up that way. But I just have a, a, one of the reasons I keep mocking cross to the giants. There's two reasons. One, I know they love him, but the other reason is I just have such a hard time thinking Evan Neal doesn't go in these top few picks. Like he's just too exciting of a prospect. Like it just doesn't make any sense then a week in a week draft, he would be available at five to me. All right, so let's get to four. I mean, we've heard Jermaine Johnson now is kind of the the, the hot name. Uh, you know, they could be one of these guys that gets left over again without having that certainty. It's hard to know because usually, you know, this guy's going one, this guy's going two, and then the draft starts at three or four. With all these different moving parts, it's hard to know who's going to be left over at four. Uh, who'd you have the Jets taken as we get into these local teams? Yeah, I have Jermaine Johnson from Florida State. Uh, showed well at the Senior Bowl, so a guy the Giants, they value that well. I mean, you know, the Giants could take him. I've even – somebody whispered in my ear yesterday that they've heard his name connected to the Lions as high as two. Um, I don't think he's going to go to the Lions at two, but it, bottom line is there's enough respect for him as far as being a clean prospect with production, a defined role that people see that translates to the NFL and just did well throughout the pre-draft process that – um, he has gone from, you know, I'd say a month ago, people there were people telling me, like, this kid's in a top 10 pick. He's going to be a top 10 pick. I don't know why he's not in more mocks in the top 10. And then in the last couple of weeks, he has kind of charged up. And it sounds like the cat's out of the bag a little bit on the fact that he could be the Jets guy. 
I think uh, picking a rusher is a great decision for the Jets. You know, you think about what Robin Sal is always trying to accomplish on defense and what his Niners defenses did. Uh, could they go corner? Are they looking at receiver? Yes, all those things are true. And supposedly they love Ikea Kwanu. So, you know, our, our, our guy who covered the Jets at the Daily News, DJ Bienname, he just tweeted basically like, Hope you if you want to, if you don't want an offensive lineman, you got to hope Icky's not there at four because Joe Douglas loves him. And you know, it sounds like the cat's out of the bag that Douglas loves Aquanu as well. So, in my mock, I have them still taking the edge rusher, but I would not, I don't think that they're set, quote unquote, on offensive line. Like, I, if the Jets take an offensive lineman, to me, you're reinforcing a position that yeah. you're one injury away or Mikai Becton not being healthy away from suddenly being in an emergency again. I mean, I, I disagree with the idea that a team is set just because it made a few signings on the line. So could it be a Quanu in my mock draft here where he's still available? Yes, but I'm giving them Jermaine Johnson. All right, and now the Giants. Uh, again, it comes down to who's left over, who they like. Cross has been linked to them right now. The Giants, the fifth pick, if he had just had, you know what, uh, without knowing who goes in front of them, who do you think they take at five? Well, in my scenario, there are two O-linemen left. So I actually, you know, if I could go back and do it again, like I know that Sauce Gardner is in play for them at five. That is true. I, I was told that four days ago. I was told that again today. Um, now, in this scenario that I laid out, you have two O-linemen on the board. You think Carolina might go O-line at six. But if you're Joe Shane, the Giants GM, now you know, hey, I can take Gardner. And then no matter whether the Panthers take an O-lineman or not, I can still get one at seven, right? So that could be a dream-type scenario for them if they're not trading. I know Shane is curious and interested in possibly trading back from seven to get more assets either for this year or next year. But um, in my mock here, I gave them cross just because I know they're high on the kid. Uh, they have been for a while. But I have to admit, I look at my own mock and I say, hey, if two O-linemen are there on the board, man, and they know that one's still going to be there at seven, knowing that Gardner's in play at five and they really like him, it could be Gardner here too. Any scenario where Cross is the first offensive line you picked? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, I still think Neil is just too clean of a prospect not to take first. But, you know, teams like the Texans um, – and any of these teams up at the at, up at the top who are rebuilding, I mean, Cross was 20 years old last year playing the way he did. And I know he came from an air raid offense, but and he only played left tackle, but he just projects very well on the upside front as well as already being an excellent player. So yeah, no, I mean, I I can't I can't sit here and tell you everyone's O line board looks X Y and Z, but I can tell you that there are some teams who think Cross is the guy. Um, and I, you know, when Joe Shane talked about possibly trading back and not want, wonder, he basically said, O line's a priority, but we don't want to overdraft. We want the value to be right. So I, I just, I know Cross is a high on a lot of people's board, but I said to one person after that I was talking to, I said, Do you think there's any way they could trade back a little bit and still get Cross? And you know, the, the return was like, absolutely not. He'll be way gone, you know, so he's going to go gone by what? By seven? No, like if they moved back from seven to okay. you know, 11, 12, 13, like he's gone. So okay. he's a top 10, he's a sure top 10 pick. 
Yeah, his uh, his over under at Bet Rivers here seven and a half, and that number is moving towards the under. You would you would lean towards the under in that one? Yeah. Oh, seven and a half, hammer that. Yes. Okay. All right, that makes me feel good because I, I have hammered it. So that's uh, <laughs> that makes me feel better. How about so? It, I mean, it's hard. Like you said, the Giants. It depends who's there, and it makes it weird. The other thing that makes it weird, other than not having that lock first round pick, is like you said, all these teams have multiple picks. So the Giants could go one way at five, come back another way at seven. Uh, same thing with the Jets at four and ten. Where do you think the Jets? You think they add one of these receivers? They need you know Wilson to be uh, the player they hoped he would be. Do you, do you think one of these receivers is in the mix at ten for the Jets? Yeah, like I think uh, I think Drake London, Garrett Wilson. Um, you know, if Jamison uh, was healthy, I mean, he'd be number one clearly on the board for ev- for everybody. Really, he's not. Um, I think if if the jo- if the Jets had more luxury of time on their side like they they joe douglas wants two players to, that he can that he can plug in and play to help them win some more games right so especially you know not only for him going into his what fourth year fourth draft but also sala and his second year is kind of like we're looking at hot seat already a little bit if they don't get stuff going so you would like to draft who everybody thinks is the best player of, of the receiver group but you don't know when he's going to be ready. So Garrett Wilson's a guy who adds a lot of speed to the offense if you get him there. Um, I do think the Jets are coming out of this with a receiver at 10 um, based on how the board looks like it's falling up top. Uh, Atlanta is a kind of a um, – what they do affects the Jets here because they could go quarterback at eight. They could also go receiver um, or a defensive player depending on who's falling. So – you know, it could be Malik Willis here, though they could also maybe get a guy like him later or even like a Matt Corral, who they supposedly like if they trade into the back of the first round. And they do need a receiver badly, you know, just the Calvin Ridley thing. So, um, you know, Drake London was my pick there, but he could be the Jets guy if he's still on the board for the Jets at 10 as well. Um, I should mention, too, we may have alluded to this already, but um, especially for the Giants at five and seven, like Thibodeau is a guy they are not scared away by Kayvon Thibodeau. Like they might take him. It's going to shake things up because it does profile more like they're going O line corner, and I know they like Gardner. And even like the Jets, like they, I don't think the Jets are going to take him, but it's unfair to just say it's impossible. And if he slides down the board, especially from the top five into you know the seven, eight, nine, ten range. Any of those teams there could take him just because the value is too good. So I had him go into the Seahawks, who desperately need a pass rusher at nine. Um, but he's a he is a. I, I mentioned the Houston Texans and possibly trading as a flashpoint. I think Thibodeau and what happens with him, like he's really a wild card player that's going to dictate how this goes. But I do think I the way I envision this for the Jets, I do think that it's most likely they come out of it with a pass rusher and a receiver from those two picks yeah uh how about down the line here whether it's second round third round at some point do you think the giants draft the quarterback i know they got taylor as a backup who's a pretty ideal backup you know miles ahead of what they had last year which was just a disaster with glenn and from it was like boy it was like an <laughs> snl skit watching those last four or five games my goodness that's about Dave as bad Gettleman. as i've ever seen quarterback Dave play Gettleman. in the nfl davy gentlemen Oh my goodness! Uh, do you think they take a bite on you know how one of these guys, Ritter, second, third round? 
you figure, look, you could say the right things about Jones, but they have to have one eye, at least on the future, in case, you know what, he gets hurt again. Uh, you know, he's played okay. He's been a mixed bag. Do you think they have an eye on any of these quarterbacks in, you know, the mid-rounds? If the value's there, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, well, I'm curious about this, Will. So, given that they are taking calls on Saquon, they've made calls on Tony, they're going to trade Bradbury, they're talking about trading picks. I mean, this really is a teardown. And I know Joe Shane and the Giants are saying, like, we're going to compete while building for the future. But are you really giving Daniel Jones the best chance to succeed this year if some of these deals are culminated, right? Like, if you trade Kadarius, Tony, whatever. So, that makes me... Even though all the information that comes back to you is the Giants aren't going to draft one this year, that does make me think about back of first round trade in for a quarterback in the late first, second round Desmond Ritter for value. Like, it is not fair to say 100% they're not going to do it. And like I said, they have scouted that position. And so, you know, kudos to Joe Shane. Like, they're saying they have one, but they're doing the due diligence. Now, Dable didn't go to any of the pro days. Now that doesn't mean they're not going to draft one. Like a lot of times teams do that. They don't want to, they want to send people off the scent, especially if they have their guy, but they've been on players like Ritter, Sam Howell, um, Kenny Pickett throughout the, you know, going back to last fall. So um, I don't think I, I don't profile it or project it as happening right now, but I do think a lot of signs are pointing to it being a possibility at some point. All right, appreciate you coming on, man. Last one before we get you out of here. Just in terms of, you know, Gettleman and Judge to the transition here, what's the vibe around these guys? I thought it was about as good as you could do. Now, you never know when you're hiring these coordinators, assistant GMs, how they're going to do once they get in the head chair. But uh, what's just the vibe around the team in terms of the transition from the old regime to the new regime? Uh, Well, they're acting like it's all roses and sunshine. I mean, it's going to be tough, like, you know, Dable is profiles as a friendly, easygoing, like anyone can talk to me head coach. At the same time, Kadarius Tony skips early part of voluntary workouts and they're making calls looking to trade him. So, you know, their actions speak a little differently than their words. And I, I actually like that. Like, I, I think they they need structure. They don't need this to be loose. They need, um, you know, some order in there. I, I thought Judge was good for them, frankly, from a CEO chair standpoint. Um you know, they thought Pac Ram was going to be the defensive coordinator. He left them in the lurch, wasn't interested in it. Um, they did get a great guy in place of that. It's They're fortunate that Don Wink Martindale was still available and that Brian Gable had told him before the process, like, listen, you're my guy if it opens. Um, so in that sense, I think they have some exciting names, including Kafka on the offensive staff. Um, it is a good-looking coaching staff. And I do think Joe Shane sounds like ready to move and act. So there's some excitement built around this draft and the possibilities of tomorrow. I don't know, though, if the reality is set in on what today looks like. You know, you asked me the question about Daniel, and I come back to that. Like, how bad is 2022 going to be? I, I don't know. Um, but I watched the team practice the other day on the field, and you could make it a case that any position group is the one that needs help the most. Uh, based on the lack of talent on the roster. 
Wow, yeah, that says a lot. Like my first inclination inclination is that, hey, they'll be a little better. Dave will come in, do a nice job. Uh, you know, they got get him in out of the building, get a couple draft picks, they'll be better. But their number here, Bet Rivers, over under win total seven. I mean, that's a lot. You gotta hit go eight and nine to cash your ticket. You think it's realistic this team competes for a playoff spot? That would seem far fetched. I mean, we've seen quick turnarounds in the NFL before, but it just feels like they're a long way away. They're not bad defensively. It just I don't know, it feels like 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 you said, they have a lot of holes. Yeah, if they stay healthy they have a chance with their schedule possibly to hit the over there. But I would not, you know, I think it's impossible. It'd be crazy for anybody to sit you and look you in the face and say, I think you should put your money over seven wins for the Giants in 2022. Um, You know, even just look at the offensive line. They've made some signings and some stopgap moves there and they're going to draft there. But how, how dramatically better will it be in 2022 i think it's more likely that 2023 is the year that the giants hopefully start having the product on the field that can yield results and victories but yeah seven seven i'll be honest will seven sounds like right on the dot for an optimistic season and an optimistic season which is why the unders are usually bet you know better bets for these season win totals because people like to come in be optimistic about their team bet over you know hope springs eternal my team's gonna be better that's why the unders are a lot of time are the better bets plus injuries plus the injuries people don't factor the injury part into it they say hey you know what? i'm betting the chiefs i got Mahomes. you know what i'm gonna win 13 games yeah well what if Mahomes misses a month then you're not gonna win 13 games so no injuries doubt. injuries only work against you not really in your favor when you're uh when you're betting the overs all right pat appreciate you coming on man let everyone know where they can where they can uh, check out your work yeah i'm on twitter at p leonard nydn like new york daily news and i'm on instagram and tiktok pl my initials on nfl so pl on nfl and so in addition to the daily news website and my twitter account i do a lot of content on ig and tiktok from uh talking ball series on tiktok some analysis and breaking news where i broke the tony story to live q a's which is something i like best you know interacting with the fans on both instagram and tiktok in fact i'll be doing one soon to break down my latest mock draft going into this draft on Instagram on Wednesday, either Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday night. So people can find me there. Going to be a lot of uh, chatter and interaction leading up to the draft. Should be fun. Pat Leonard, appreciate you coming on, man. This was fun. We'll have to do it again soon. Thanks so much, Will. Take care, man. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to Pat Leonard. Appreciate him coming on. Uh, We are getting there. It's almost draft day, so... We are counting down the hours. Who are the Jets going to pick? Who are the Giants going to pick? We will find out shortly. We'll be back tomorrow to discuss all of that, some NBA playoffs. Uh, See you guys tomorrow. Thank you for listening. This is the New York City Cash presented by Bet River Sportsbook.